Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Well, hello. We hope you are lending us your ears. We are happy you are here, our power partners. This is the informational playground called Star Style. I'll be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The best shortcut for you to live your dreams is to know that you have already arrived. And we hope to help you get there by telling you and helping you to believe that you are the writer, the producer, the director, and star of your own life. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Thomas Edison. And I love his quote. You've heard it before. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I have to, I, I'm channeling people who are long gone. And it is, I am not discouraged because every wrong attempt discarded is another step forward. I love that because it's so positive. And then I love this quote by Sidney Poitier, who was just a, or is a wonderful actor. I always wanted to be someone better the next day than I was the day before. That's kind of cool, isn't it, Heather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. we got to be better every single day. At least we strive for it. Well, today in our show, we are going to talk about several things. Uh, coming up in Health Matters with our own Heather Brittany, we're going to talk about some quick fixes for all your tooth issues. I mean, if you have a smile that's hurting you, you might be having sensitive teeth, and she's going to talk about what we can do about it. And if you're looking to boost your mood, I mean, especially through the holidays, some Decorating tips, they're going to influence your mood for the better, and I'm going to provide that through my star style design. And then I was reading a great article about Erno Rubik and the Rubik Cube. You know that Rubik's Cube that mm-hmm. it was uh, so popular and everybody bought it and why he invented it? Well, it was actually he invented it uh, as an interior design teaching um, symbol. 
And so we'll talk about that. And then finally, as Americans, we love our grass. But as the years of drought drag on, L-A-W-N is becoming synonymous with wasteful. So we're going to talk about some ulteriors, uh, other things that you can do that might save your grass. So we'll get right to the show. But before we do... um, Heather, I I know both of us were just very, very distressed about the recent uh, terrorist attacks in Paris. And, um, you know, my heart was just so broken and it just, I send our prayers and blessings and everything out to the wonderful people of France. So I just wanted to give that moment of tribute to the French people and let them know that we here in America and especially we here at Be The Star You Are in Star Style, we stand together. And we are all French at this moment because uh, whatever is happening there is happening to all of us. This really is a global, uh, a global issue, and it's a, a, a global affront to democracy. So unfortunately, there are bad, bad, bad people in the world, and we're seeing yeah. this. And I'm not sure we can ever eradicate it, but... I think that we just want the ones that are suffering to know that we're with them, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's been it's been a really hard week. I had a really hard time preparing for this show, just thinking about what was going on in France and knowing that it's just I you know a few only days imagine, ago. especially with such your connection with so many people and living there and right and just you know there's just to think that you were just there kind of we thing. were just there. We were you know, just you think there. So many thoughts in your mind, and just to think of how, uh, you know, when it happened, it's it was just a regular day, like how any anything is. Um, I think those are the things we we always we fail to neglect that these big monumental things in life happen just on any day. Well, so, and I think what was really so sad about this particular assault is it was just it was especially targeted at young people. And young people enjoying the end of the week. A Friday night, they're out, you know, at a cafe, they're out to dinner, they're at a concert. You know, they're just, they're just doing something after a hard week of work and enjoying one another's company. And these evil, evil people just decide to open fire. And I think what breaks my heart more than anything is to think that they're that these young people who perpetrated it, I mean, I think they said the youngest, I mean, that the oldest was like 25 or 26, is these are all somebody's children. And what happened to them when they were growing up? I mean, why are they so angry? Why do they hate? Why do they want to kill people? Why do they want to kill themselves? How can they be a suicide bomber? I mean, what's in it for them? These days of the 72 vestal virgins waiting for them, I mean, that's ridiculous. You know I mean? Um, gosh, I don't think anybody needs 72, you know, um, and so I don't mean to make light of it, but I'm just saying that it makes me sad to think that these people who did this have parents and siblings and, and why they are killers. I mean, are they just a bad seed where they've indoctrinated? uh, We have to stop this somehow. And so somehow love has to overcome hatred and, I'm not sure how that's going to come about, but we have to find peace in the world. And again, our condolences and our hearts and our prayers go out to everyone in France and to everyone who knows anyone who suffered in these attacks, because this is very far-reaching. 
Well, on a different note, we will get to the smiles <laughs> of today. And I know that's a far, it's a big leap, but that was what we were planning for today. So we want to boost your mood a little bit because I know that pretty much all of the networks, everything on the radio and the television and the news has all been about the attacks. So we are going to change gears here, not forgetting what's happening, but just trying to bring you some some other enlightenment so that uh, everything isn't so heavy. So Heather... Let's talk about our smiles because it really is the first thing that people see when, you know, we meet somebody, we smile. And when, um, you know, it really kind of shows what kind of personality you have. But some people might be having some teeth issues that are causing their smile to hurt them. And so people may not be smiling. So what is it that we can do to (laughs) fix this? Well, yeah, so today we're talking all about tooth sensitivity, basically, and um, and when you hear that, you think, you know, sometimes we drink something cold or hot and feeling it in our teeth, and really what's happening sort of now in, in, uh, in dentists and being daughter and, and wife of, of a dentist, um, they're seeing, a dentist recently in New Year's, seeing a lot of new sensitivities based on all this sort of, uh, especially here in California, there's a big health movement going on, the, all these lemon waters, green juices, all these things are fantastic for your body and for your mind, but for your teeth, that acidity is just acid. If you break it down, it's just taking off the enamel of their teeth. And also, as you said, the first thing people see is your smile. There's this new thing of having brighter, whiter teeth. So much sensitivity is going on. So just want to give some kind of things that may be causing this if you're having any tooth issues. So before you think maybe you have cavities, it might just be various forms of uh, sensitivity. So what you might be doing to cause it and what are some things that you can kind of help fix with it. So one thing, this is something that I definitely, every time I go in, they always tell me I have to use uh, soft bristle soft bristle brushes is you brush with too much gusto and sometimes you know too sensitivity comes from brushing with too much force we always think bigger better you know just really kind of scrubbing or thinking or you know almost exfoliating your teeth but that's not what you want to do you don't want to be sandpapering down at your teeth you're trying to remove the particles from um, on the gum lines in between the spaces because that's really where um, the cavities and uh, you know decay starts to thing is in between the teeth so when you run I'm very, I'm very guilty of using brushes that are much too hard because I think that same thing. I need to scrub my teeth, but that's really not the case. Yeah, and you know, and so what happens actually when you're wearing down these protective layers, um, they basically sort of make these little these little holes or these little canals in your tooth and, and in your teeth. And what ends up happening is they get exposed, bacteria get in there, sticky foods, hot, cold, and that's thus where the sensitivity comes. So um, a quick fix for that is using uh, soft bristle brushes, soft bristle brushes, that's a mouthful, um, and, or electric brushes, or just brushing with a little bit more sensitivity to it. Um, another thing is alternating between hot and cold uh, beverages. I'm someone, if you look at me, I always have six beverages in front of me. I have so hard to decide because I want to drink them all. And oftentimes I will have a hot tea or a hot coffee as well as ice cold lemon lemon water, which is just as more acidity for me. And oftentimes when I'm alternating that from having the hot to the cold, though that may be 
soothing um, mouth-wise to me or, you know, stomach-wise, um, that can actually cause little cracks in the teeth, just as you think of sometimes if you've ever taken a glass hot out of the um, uh, dishwasher and put it into the freezer saying that they can crack or vice versa. If you take something cold and put it into hot, that temperature change cro- causes the glass to crack or break, and that's the same thing with your teeth. So what, something to do is wait about 30 seconds in between uh, drinking these two beverages. That way that will kind of let um, the teeth kind of reset again. The same thing kind of goes with, uh, with when you blow dry your hair. You start with heat and then go to cold. But that's a whole nother, whole nother thing talking about body-wise. <laughs> yeah, uh, we I probably think... should stay in the mouth if we're in the mouth right now. Hair and, you know, that's kind of different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one thing, too, um, that, as I was just saying about with whitening, that whitening has become a really big thing for teeth now. You said people bigger, brighter, and you really notice when you see someone with white teeth and you look at your teeth and you're like, oh, my goodness. Um, it's up about 300%, which is great. We all have these beautiful smiles now. But but um, a lot of these, a lot of these things, basically, what it is, is bleaching. Is it's ripping away, taking away enamel, it's stripping away your teeth, just like bleaching your hair, kind of getting with that thing. That it makes it very, very fragile. So, if you're getting one of these professional whitenings done, you should really only limit yourself to about one. Two times max a year. Do not make this a regular habit because that's wearing around your teeth. Can lately your enamel your enamel is gone, but your teeth can grow back in a way it can become more protective. But by over bleaching, you're going to damage all those cells. And actually, speaking of just bleaching in general, um, a lot of uh, just toothpastes and, and people can do home whitening strips and home trays, uh, which have you know are great. But also, again, you should limit yourself maybe once a month or with the toothpastes of uh, getting ones that are made for sensitive sensitivity because these can have really hard, they're, though they're not technically bleaches as in a chemical bleach, but they do have other other kinds of chemicals they can be wearing around in your teeth. So look for sensitive ones or speak with your actual dentist about what they recommend um, regarding your teeth. And also if you're having just overall sensitivity, that could be various things going on. It could be gum disease, there could be decay, there could be cavities, uh, you could have you know a pre-existing condition. There could be a crack in the tooth. There's so many things going on. So most importantly is do an annual, at least annual checkup with your dentist each year to have them go over, see what your uh, own personal dental health is, and let them give you any suggestions on things what you could do. Um, well, you know, I'm just talking well. about uh, your, your oral health is a dentist can actually diagnose lots of different diseases from what's going on in your mouth. And so often we fail, you know, we, we kind of take our teeth for granted and we, you know, and we, you know, we might have like aches and pains and it really is something that's happening in our gums that is causing all this, this kind of infection. So getting that annual checkup and it's actually better to get one twice a year is really, really essential because uh, there could be other things going on that could be contributing to ill health. So it's not only just about your smile. If you find yourself having bad breath, you know, it may not just be your teeth. It might be something that's going on in your stomach. But usually your yeah. dentist can make a recommendation about something like that. So very important. It's like, you know, getting on a different top. It's like having that annual checkup uh, from your dermatologist to mm-hmm. have them check anything on your body to make sure that you haven't developed any you know, skin cancers or anything because things can happen really, really quickly and we don't want that to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and actually just touching one last thing just when you brought, said about, you know, health-wise in your mouth is actually poor dental health um, can lead to heart attacks or strokes because those uh, you know, very vital and very important um, uh, blood and valves going through your, through your mouth that connect directly all these um, uh, veins that go back into your heart. Um, and poor dental health uh, can affect your health, or, excuse me, can affect your heart, um, leading into almost poisoning into your bloodstream. So, again, check, get your regular checkups and, you know, think sensitivity-wise. Um, think heart healthy, but also uh, check for acidity and things that may cause damage to your teeth. When, exactly. When you well, you know, we, and that's really important what you just said about health or, I mean, about heart and strokes, et cetera, because it's the... When you have infections in your mouth, you may not even notice, you may not notice it. I mean, you might have bad breath, but it may not hurt. Your gums may not hurt, but it is sending all that bacteria into your bloodstream, and that could be causing plaque to go to your heart, et cetera. So really, I mean, your teeth are really, really, really important. We really don't realize it. And the other thing I think about all the time whenever I have to go into the dentist, because I'm kind of a poor patient. Uh, since ever since I was a little girl, I had to have every one of my baby teeth pulled out. I've always had a fear of dentists, so you know I believe in facing your fear. I married a dentist, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but in any case, um, I think it's it's so important because when you do go in to the dentist, there's other things that are going to be checked. You know, uh, besides just your teeth, they are really checking your gum health. And uh, if you don't have gums, you know, you're not, you're going to lose your teeth, especially in your older age. And when I think about teeth being pulled, I just can't even imagine 100 years ago when they used to just, you know, make you drink bourbon or whiskey or something and lay you back and get a pair of pliers and pull your teeth out. I mean, there are so many things I cannot believe uh, existed before modern medicine. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? When you say that, when you say that, I think about leeches. Have you heard about yeah. leeches? Yeah. So, you know, leeches are those creepy, I don't know what they are. They're almost like a slug that live in swamps. And in, um, in like, oh, actually the Renaissance ages, like the 1500s, 1600s, and then still in other countries... They believe that if if you were sick, if they put leeches on your body, that they would suck the poison out. <laughs> so, mm. you know, that was like, and then there was that thing called bleeding where they would cut you and bleed you, but then people would die because they lost all this blood. So, yes, yes when I know we're getting off the topic of teeth, but it is kind of crazy when you start to think about uh, all the uh, medical experiments that were done in the past, and not even experiments that were considered that were considered normal, that actually led to to death. It actually was worse than what the illness was. I think of another one, and that was the um, progression of of civilization and of medicine, of even things in recent years that we think of. Oh my goodness, I can't believe. They used to do this. That now, you know, that you know now before surgeries used to be big, giant scars, and now things can be microscopic. And right. kind of, I think more and more uh, as we just becoming more advanced in understanding of, of science and the body of of all these trials and errors. But I, I, so many things. Yes, we look back and think, my goodness. But thank goodness for the people that at least started these. Uh, well, one of the things that I learned, you know, speaking of the medical profession um, and 
advancements. And I hadn't really thought about it, but when I was in France just, you know, this last week, uh, went and visiting one of the castles, is that the physicians, why so many um, uh, wealthy women died in childbirth was because the physicians treating them didn't wash their hands. And then they would get these this incredible infection after giving birth, and they would die within a few days. And so what was noticed... Why wouldn't they wash their hands? Well, because they didn't in... in um, I want to say old times in, you know, in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, uh, 1800s even, it was considered that if you washed your hands, you were actually washing off all the good stuff that was on you. And if you go back to the Middle Ages when there was the plague, when people took their clothes off, they were so covered with all kinds of, <laughs> I even don't even, I can't even imagine how horrible they must have smelled in those days. But um, their clothes were just covered with insects and, you know, um, fecal oh, matter I, and all this, this because they didn't so believe, they now. believed that if they <laughs> washed, they were washing their health away. So, um, oh. it, but what started happening with, with uh, in, um, in royalty, where queens, for example, <laughs> were dying in childbirth. Where is this going with teeth? <laughs> what? I said, where is this going with teeth? Well, it's not going with teeth, but I just wanted to say about washing your hands because I yes. thought this was interesting when you're talking about the different medical things. And that was that the midwives who were helping the women in the village give birth, the women in the village were all le- living. Not, there weren't any problems. And the reason was is they were bringing water in. They were washing their hands. Yeah. And so that's where it started becoming established that, well, oh, well, maybe washing your hands has some validity. So getting back to teeth. Getting uh, back just to washing hands and teeth that I think it's gross. That before, there used to be a time when dentists did not wear gloves as like recent times. And ugh, that's something, God bless dentists, but ew, teeth and mouth are so dirty. They're just right. gross. <laughs> well, the mouth is, every, the, supposedly the mouth is the dirtiest part of the body. It has the most bacteria of any part of the body. And you're right. I, I really do remember when, it's not that long ago, maybe 10 years it's at also most. The fasting, the fastest healing uh, portion of your body as well. That's like, you know, when you bite into your side of your mouth and it's, right. oh God, you bite a chick and it's, in a few days it's fine. You know? Right. It's, it's, right. So. Well, but I think it's only been about 10 years that um, gloves have been worn for many different procedures, whether it's medical procedures yeah, well, there was, or dental. Yeah, well, there regarding, because in the 80s, they, because especially when um, AIDS and HIV first, when the first That's when it started. was going on, I mean, when there wasn't. When there wasn't proper information out yet, or or treatments, and and that became, you know, that I think there, will, I think there was a case or something like that, and and then that kind of led to the sick thing now of, of just more and, and which again are just I think in for anything is that as we know that anything's being transmitted anyways, but of um, how, just proper health of anything because it could be something in the doctor's hands as well as transmitting. Well, but you know, that's what's so interesting is I really remember when doctors, dentists, you know, and other health professionals started to wear gloves. And at first you were, oh, and even like uh, facialists, if you were to get a facial or yeah. anybody that had to touch your skin. Um, and I remember 
at first you're like taken aback. Like what? I mean, you know, you think I'm dirty or infected or something. And it took a while to catch on because even the doctors and dentists felt like, you know, they felt like they were invading your privacy by doing this and it was hard getting used to it and all of that. And now I don't think you go to anybody who touches you with without them wearing those gloves. Yeah, and I have to say from working in medical clinic, uh, for me, putting on gloves felt like it, it felt so normal and felt so like there was... Doing something without having gloves on, when especially with you know doing blood or working with patients, um, it makes me think of when I get into a car, especially if I'm driving. I it, I can't drive without a seatbelt. I have to have my seatbelt on. It's right. Just that thing of, right. It not even. It's just something of just that sensation of just the times when you know I take off my seatbelt once I you know open the garage and drive again. Just that odd feeling. It feels very. It just feels very not comfortable of like, ooh, very kind of all over the place. It's that same thing for me, I feel, when I was working in clinic, and it just felt like gloves, just it felt very odd if, if not to have gloves on. Right, I agree with you. And so it's just, I think it's just very interesting how times change. You know, we yeah. learn we learn new things, and we learn how to um, how to do things in a different way, and that's what's important. I mean, that's the important thing is that we're constantly um, – we're constantly learning how we can better protect ourselves and how we could be healthy. So with this, well, thank you, Heather, for this information on how to keep our smiles healthy. And Yeah, we- and thank you on everything else. I feel like we talked about smiles and a tangent, too. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what happens when we get together. We go off in tangents, and I hope that our listeners are are happy with tangents, but it was a health matters segment. That's what the T stands for and the two. (laughs) That's exactly right. The T for two is tangent. Well, you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back, we will boost your mood with a few decorating tips. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Be the 
plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a life that's We're still together. You're still lending your ears, and I'm lending my voice. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. So I have a few decorating tips that can help you boost your mood if you've been a little solemn or, you know, just kind of getting into a funk. Studies show that surroundings do influence how you feel. So if you decorate a room and you really make it comfortable, you're going to be instantly uplifted. Now, dreary, dark rooms bum us out. And I don't know about you, but when I walk into a room that has no windows, I immediately feel claustrophobic or I feel like I want to run out. Uh, You know, we really like to be in rooms that are warm, inviting, and have light. So if you are afraid of changing your decor because you think it costs a lot, you're going to find that these decorating tips can deliver some big impact for very, very little money. And I'm always about trying to help you save. So first of all, lighten up your space. You know, nothing puts people in a really yucky mood quicker than bad lighting. So you can find lamps that have style and personality and use a bulb with a softer light. Now, I am a believer in, you know, conserving energy, but I do not like fluorescent lights at all. And I don't like that bright, bright white light. I like soft light. So I tend to go to the hardware store or any of the big box stores and I buy the softer lights because they just make me feel better. You can also buy light bulbs that have natural light to them, and it's like natural daylight, and that will be a good, uh, good one too. So and as far as finding lamps that are inexpensive, don't feel you have to go to an expensive lamp store or a furniture market you know, or a design center. You can go to many of these discount retailers or these uh, places that are selling um, consignment secondhand, and you'll find things for probably under $30 that you'll really like. So check that out. Then punch up the color. Now the trick is to do this without using paint. Now, I do love paint, and to me, paint is a very inexpensive way to dress up your house. But, you know, you have to do it yourself, otherwise you get into these extra costs. And you know, in order to paint a place, I mean, you do have to take some precautions. But you can punch up color just by adding some throw pillows, some new glassware, some fun frames, some vases, you know, and all of that costs a lot less than paint and it's a lot less hassle. Again, any of these ideas you can buy at, um, you can go to secondhand stores, consignment stores, Goodwill kind of stores, you know, flea markets as well as retail stores that sell things at a discount. Now, when you use color, you want to use it strategically because researchers have always known and they always write about how color affects mood. So red and violet colors, they really boost your energy. So those are really great in a home office, in an entryway, or by the stairs. Now, I'll give you an example. My office, I just put in a new carpet and I'm crazy about it and it is crimson with gold stars obviously it has stars i'm star style and be the star you are 
And this carpet just energizes me. I walk in and I just can't wait to get to work. So you want to keep reds and violets out of the bedrooms and baths because they boost energy as opposed to making you relaxed. Now, green and yellow, we're going to make you feel really upbeat. So they're great to brighten up children's rooms, family rooms, and any rooms that you just are doing the whole beige neutral tone. Beige gets boring. You need to punch it up with some color. Now, blue has always been known to be soothing. It's the color of the sky and the sea, and it works well anywhere. But you want to stick to those soft, muted blues because the bright, strong shades could be stimulating. I know that in prisons, they're using blue a lot more because it does tend to help people in who are incarcerated be calmer. Now, I've just finished doing a, a room in the house that I call it the sky, sea, sand, and sun. And I did a color of blue that's called Spirit in the Sky by Benjamin Moore. Although people have said to me when they've seen it that it reminds them of a Tiffany blue. And I never really thought about it because I've never had anything from Tiffany. But um, it is. So it's sort of this really pretty robin's color blue, like a robin egg blue. And it's so, so relaxing and it's so soothing. And at the same time, you just feel good when you're in it. And it, it's good with your skin tones. Now, whatever you do when you're going to decorate, you want to bring out your personal style. Now, there have been studies done and... One study showed that 50% of people had at least one fully furnished room that still felt incomplete. So why is that? Well, as a, as a designer, as a decorator, I might suggest that you use some decor touches that would reflect your personal style. Because a room will feel done and it'll feel complete when it really reflects you. Who you are. Now, if you are somebody that's out there that's hiring a designer or a decorator, remember you want to hire people that are going to really find out what it is that you want. You don't want somebody that comes in and says, well, this is my signature style. I, I, you know, I've, I've known those kind of people um, in the design industry before. And I mean, and some of them are very successful. And if that's what you want, fine. But be aware that that might work better if it's a weekend place. And, but if it's something you have to live in, it really needs to feel like you. You have to have your things in it, the things you love. You have to look at colors that, that bring out your best qualities. So consider that. Now, in the bedroom, you always want to give it a boost. 48% of respondents to one study felt the bedroom would be helped the most by some small decorating changes. Like, you know, new sheets, pillows, comforter covers, bedspreads. You can change out the nightstand lamps. You could add, um, you know, maybe a freestanding lamp to a dark corner. You could get some new picture frames. Or maybe you, whatever it is, if you have a dresser, maybe you remove the dresser. But, you know, always colorful throw pillars, uh, pillows, they can kind of make a room feel much more jazzy and glitzy and fun and it gets you out of that boring rut so think about that pillows are always a great thing and they're usually inexpensive and if you sew I sew so I always make my own pillows and window treatments and that kind of thing but if you have extra fabric lying around you might want to just you know make a project and make some throw pillars now um, a cozy kitchen obviously a, a kitchen has to function but that doesn't mean it can't be homey so 
you want to bring in your personal decorative touches, things that, again, mean something to you, that are also used, that uh, you use them, that are functional, you know, that can organize. You don't want a crowded uh, countertop. You don't want clutter. You want some eye-catching containers, maybe colorful jars, unusual vases, maybe a funky sign or so. It's all the little details. For me, what in a kitchen, and I imagine it's just because the way I grew up and my mom was such an amazing cook and, and my Italian grandparents were such great, great cooks. And they always cooked, they had copper. So copper is something that is big. So I have a brick wall in my kitchen and I've hung all these copper uh, pots and most of them are antiques or they are things that have been passed down through the family. A few of them are things that I've found at, at flea markets. But I use them. And copper adds such a patina to a room because it's just warm. And plus, it's very useful. It's a, the most wonderful cooking thing. So you may want to try that. Uh, you know, copper is a great thing. And then also in the kitchen, I always have a bowl of fresh fruit. And I always have a vase of flowers. And I always have candles. And those are really easy things for anyone to have uh, this time of year, when it's fall, the leaves are turning colors. And so I don't have flowers. I actually go out and I pick some small branches of uh, trees like Japanese maple or um, crepe myrtle or uh, pistache or even the liquid amber. And I make a vase of these beautiful leaves. And then what's interesting about them is sometimes when you let the water out, They'll just stay like that, and you can keep them in different rooms for a long time. Now, what about accessories? Any kinds of accessories can freshen up a room, and you can add some bold, surprising items. You know, um, again, I was talking about signs or pennants, some unusual throw rugs. If you are into posters, you might want to frame some posters, some frames that are interesting that can display your group of friends or family. And any personal collections from, you know, stuffed animals to baseball cards to traveling dolls to spoons. All of that can create interest. I have always in my travels, because I never had a lot to spend when I traveled. It was always kind of on a budget. I always collected a handmade doll and um, a silver spoon from whatever country I visited. And so I have a curio cabinet that has these things in it. And it's very personal. It's very interesting. And when people come to my house, they're always interested in, you know, where did this come from and what's the story behind it? Because there are lots of great stories. So those are just a few tips of things that hopefully can, um, can boost your mood and make you, you know, help you feel a little bit more excited uh, about decorating in your house for the holidays. Now, just uh, speaking of design, I wanted to uh, talk to you about the interior design professor's enduring puzzle, and that is the puzzle that Erno Rubik designed. It was called the Rubik's Cube. I didn't really know this story, and I read it in one of my design magazines from American Society of Interior Design, and I thought it was so fascinating, and I wanted to bring it to you. So his quote was, the problems of puzzles are just like the problems of life. So what Erno Rubik did in explaining the enduring appeal of a puzzle, he invented in 1974, he was teaching an interior design class. 
and he was attempting to better understand how to move parts independently without compromising the integrity of the greater whole. So he was teaching this interior architecture and design at the Academy of Arts and Crafts, and uh, this was in Budapest, when he probed his interest in the incredibly rich possibilities, and that's in quotes, of space, the alteration, the transformation, and the movement. Now, he was a sculptor, an architect, and a teacher, and he created this prototype out of wood and rubber bands. Now, eventually, on each of the six faces of the cube, Rubik applied colored paper. He did some blue, red, yellow, white, green, and orange. But he didn't realize he had created a puzzle until he began moving the pieces, and he found it difficult to restore each face to a single color. So when he shared that cube with his interior design students, they absolutely went crazy over it. They loved it. They noted the appeal, and he decided to pursue a patent, a process that he understood from his father's work designing gliders. So at first, he called it the Magic Cube, and it sold only in Hungary until he licensed it to Ideal Toys in New York in 1979. And then they rebranded it the Rubik's Cube, before sales began internationally, and that wasn't until 1980. But more than 350 million cubes have been sold since. I mean, that is that just boggles my mind. Now, Rubik, who today has a design studio in Hungary, created an education foundation with some of the profits from the cube, and the device remains a favorite of math teachers everywhere in the world because it's a three-dimensional experience that uses color, and it's universal to all cultures. Fundamentally, Rubik's Cube challenges the user to solve a unique problem by implementing a series of solutions that incorporates the design process. One must first assess the situation. They have to understand the problem. They have to deploy a series of strategies that will result in a juggling several different spatial moves to create visual harmony. So the allure of that challenge has made the Rubik's Cube more than a commercial success. It is instantly recognizable around the globe and it has achieved a cultural icon status. It has inspired competitions, clubs, and countless creative attempts to set records for solving the puzzle. The Cube even has an international regulatory body for competitions. I mean, isn't this amazing? And it's called the World Cube Association. The 2015 World Rubik's Cube Championship which was held in July in Sao Paulo, Brazil uh, of this year, was won by 19-year-old Felix Zemdeg from Australia. And his winning time was 5.695 seconds. But it didn't quite match that of the current record holder, who is Colin Burns, who is an American. He solved the the puzzle in only 5.25 seconds. And that was also in 2015. So this is really impressive considering that in addition to one correct configuration, there are an estimated 43 quintillion. Now, I don't even know what quintillion means. 43 quintillion wrong configurations. It took Rubik more than a month to solve his own puzzle for the first time. And the fastest robot on record that can solve it is 3.253 seconds. So a human being can solve it in 5.2 and a robot robot in 3.2.
The Guinness World Records has 31 entries involving the cube. From the most people solving the Rubik's Cube simultaneously, there were 3,248 students uh, that achieved the College of Engineering um, in, in, in India in 2012, and they did it in the fastest time. And then they have a fastest time while blindfolded, which is 23.68 seconds, and that was one by a person from Poland in 2014. So the most Rubik's cubes solved underwater in a single breath. I mean, can you? I just can't even believe that they try all these things. Is um, five? Is there's five? The most that was the most Rubik's cubes, and it was achieved last year by Anthony Brooks in one minute and 18 seconds in Jersey City, New Jersey, which mounted an exhibit honoring the cubes. 40th anniversary. So that's interesting that underwater in a single breath in a minute and 18 seconds. Wow, that's pretty fast underwater. The most Rubik's cubes solved while running a marathon is 175. And um, let's see what else is interesting in here. So the cube is a kind of puzzle that any designer just can't resist. It has a universal appeal because it's fundamentally about solving a problem using your hands, configuring a fundamental shape of a cube, and relating it to a color palette. So those are problems that transcend time and appeal in the designer of all of us. And I think there's a designer in everyone. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about some turf wars. So don't go away. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. It's the holiday season and people are traveling. So you've made it to the airport on time for your next trip. If you check your luggage at curbside, make sure you check in at the gate immediately. Checking luggage does not necessarily mean you are okayed for flight. Most airlines now require photo ID, which means it's essential that the name appearing on the ticket is the same that's on your identification. You could be denied boarding if the two don't match. In fact, you probably will be denied boarding. Make sure you have your issued itinerary and a confirmation number just in case of mistakes. If you're traveling with your e-ticket, you're going to need the credit card with you that the charge was made to, as well as your ID. And if your plane is later canceled, know your rights as a passenger and ask the airline politely for what you deserve. I mean, if anything. Delays are a normal part of traveling these days, so just be patient. Bring work that can be accomplished in a waiting area. And, of course, bring reading materials. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits for coaching or consulting a session, call us, 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. Or visit star-style.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today. 
everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a An unusual sighting these days, whether you live in an urban or suburban area, is that you might be seeing wild turkeys. It's kind of extraordinary, but when you consider that just a few decades ago, these birds were almost completely wiped out by hunting and habitat loss. But fortunately for that wild turkey, conservation measures were put in place along with captive breeding and reintroduction programs, and the result was a major recovery. They're now found in all of the lower 48 states. In fact, their rebound has been so successful that in some places, Wild turkeys are not only regular garden visitors, but they're now becoming hunted again. So they're kind of out of the wild and onto the table. The wild turkey is one of only two bird species native to North America that has been domesticated. The other one is the Muscovy duck. And there are six subspecies of the wild turkey. Five live in the U.S. The sixth is a Mexican subspecies that was domesticated more than 2,000 years ago in Mexico and Central America when early Spanish explorers brought the domesticated birds to Europe. When Europeans settled in North America, they brought the birds back, and then they've been on American uh, farm staple you know, ever since. Now, interesting, over the years, continued breeding of domestic turkeys has resulted in numerous varieties, including the broad-breasted white turkeys that you see in most grocery stores, and those are the ones that are prized by commercial farmers for their large breasts and their white feathers, which make the cleaning-looking bird pluck much easier. So they're the turkeys that most Americans will eat on their Thanksgiving tur- uh, tables. Here in my garden, I have a family of like 20. And at first, I, was, I loved seeing them, but now they're eating all my berries and eating everything. And so I keep thinking they would make a great Thanksgiving feast, although I don't have the heart to do that. So um, I absolutely love lawn and my grass, and um, although I really do believe in being water conscious, and as the Dalai Lama said, we need to teach people that the environment has a direct bearing on our own benefit. As Americans, we love our grass, but as the years of drought drag on here in the West Coast, the word L-A-W-N is becoming synonymous with wasteful. Daily in the United States, over 29 billion gallons of water is used, and of that, 30%, or 8.5 billion gallons, is devoted to our landscaping, most of that lawns. In arid states, the percentage of landscape water usage soars to over 60%, and then you add to that the amount of chemical fertilizers and weed controllers utilized on grass, and then we have a recipe for ecological disaster. So the media bombards us with messages informing us that it's time to tear out the water-guzzling, chemically-infused turf and replace it with drought-tolerant native landscaping, shrubs, ground covers, or gravel. And many water districts are offering rebates for each square foot of lawn that's replaced. 
But as much as I believe in this water conservation and fully understand that water is our most precious national uh, natural resource, I'm not convinced that ripping out waves of green will solve our water shortage. Protecting our water supply depends critically on how changing we are and how we care for our lawns. So an alternative solution to the high maintenance chemical dependency and water waste has to be available somewhere. So to that end, I have been on a search because I believe a lawn has many benefits. It generates oxygen. It helps control erosion. It decreases air temperatures. It sequesters carbon dioxide. It filters runoff. A lush emerald swath of turf gives our eyes a relaxing break. It offers our families a place to play, tumble, picnic, or simply walk barefoot. And it makes me sad when I stroll through my garden and my thirsty brown lawn crunches beneath me because I keep thinking future generations may not enjoy memories of somersaults and cartwheels and croquet or the giggles of running through sprinklers if grass disappears completely from our yards. So in my quest to find a verdant resolution to the water wars at the recent National Garden Symposium where I was a key lecturer, I spent hours meeting with plant specialists, growers, and landscapers, brainstorming the alternatives. I even visited a beautifully designed garden with synthetic turf, and as pretty as it looked against the backdrop of the shrubs, it didn't solve my desire for natural grass. Imitation lawn is fake and detracting from the splendor of the outdoors. So to date, my best solution has been the slow-growing spread of mini clover. But then I interviewed an entrepreneur and a water conservationist, Jackson Maddock, who was on our show recently. And he has been researching innovative ways to save energy, improve surface and groundwater quality, and create healthier lawns that require no fertilizer, dramatically less time, uh, less money, and less water, and less greenhouse gases. Because after his 10 years of research and over 10,000 trials with world-renowned scientists, he discovered a mix of seven eco-friendly lawn seeds that reduced the water bill by three-fourths. So once this is established, the grass only has to be mowed every four to six weeks. It thrives without chemicals and can grow in sun or shade, all the while creating this beautiful organic lawn that stays green all year long. Well, I had to experiment, didn't I? So this past weekend, that's what I did because I know the hype sounds too good to be true. And I'm like, hold your horses. It, Pearl's Premiums already won a lot of numerous national and international accolades. So I bought 10 yards of topsoil. I spread it on top of my brown lawn. I sowed the seed. I raked the seed. I rolled the seed. I've watered the seed. And luckily it rained this past week. And now I am waiting, and I will report back to you to let you know if it works. But in case you want to check it out, you can listen to the radio interview that we did. Just check out uh, starstyleradio.net and look for Pearl's Premium. Uh, or you can uh, go to pearlspremium.com and see how to take care of this on your own. Because basically, you don't have to pull out your lawn. You could just put it on top. Um, we'll see if it works. I've also written an article about it in the La Mirinda Weekly this week. So check that out. Well, thank you all for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. Make sure you are tuned in to Voice America Empowerment Network from 4 to 5 every Wednesday 
from 4 to 5 Pacific, that is, and you will have us as your personal growth success coaches. For more information about Star Style Productions, go to star-style.com. It is the season of giving, and we really would like you to go to Be The Star You Are charity and make a donation. We're also doing a program now where it costs you absolutely nothing through Donate, donate Direct, where if you've had a computer or a, um, a screen, a computer screen or a television screen, and you just fill out a form that takes two minutes, and we will get $20 for every one of these forms. So please check that out at our website, bethestarur.org or btsya.org. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. We want you to cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life and be looking for our newsletter coming to you this week. We have been donating books to many of the shelters, children's hospitals, ARC, and other charities so that we can get books into the hands of people for the holidays. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins. Kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, and I'm encouraging you to go out into the world and be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference, and make this a fantastic week of gratitude. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are, the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.